Welcome to the Men of Sorrows Finding Joy podcast. I am William Lloyd, a man of sorrow. Our podcast is committed to supporting and encouraging men to process their grief in order to heal and return to joyful living in the midst of great sadness. Although it is directed toward men, all are welcome to tune in and participate. The reason for Men of Sorrows Finding Joy The reason it is geared toward men is the fact that in most of the grief support groups I attended after the death of my son, men were noticeably absent, and the one often heard reports of the wives, mothers, and sisters about the men in the family was, they are angry and they keep busy. I grew up with the phrase, big boys don't cry. But here men are invited to cry, mourn, and express their emotions by following following the example of the best, bravest, strongest men that ever lived, Jesus Christ. Where Hebrews 7 tells us that during the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And one of the favorite titles of Jesus from Isaiah 51 Jesus was a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. So we here are encouraged to mourn. We are encouraged to mourn with hope. 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 tells us that, Paul tells us that he does not want us to mourn without hope like the the rest of the world. And he goes on to to, to witness to future glory. He goes on to witness to eternal life. He goes on to witness that there is life beyond this and Jesus is totally in charge of it. And it's a beautiful, glorious thing. So we encourage each other to mourn and we encourage each other because in First Thessalonians, Paul ended up that whole mindset and he says, therefore, encourage one another with these words. And that's what I'm after, to encourage all people all mourners, all grievers with these words. So we encourage each other to listen to the inner witness of future glory. What do I mean by that? Well, the inner witness, the disciples were ready to get, they were ready. They were headed into some big time grief. Jesus was going to be arrested, falsely accused, and he was going to be crucified in front of their eyes. This man that loved them, taught them, raised them up, they they had a strong bond. And he tells them, and if you read in John 14, he tells them, in John 13 and 14, he's telling them that he's going to go away. They weren't sure what he meant yet. They were kind of, they were anxious about that, to say the least. And Jesus tells them to let not your heart be troubled. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I wouldn't have told you this. And I go there to prepare a place for you, he tells them. So I love that because he tells them, my father's house are many mansions. And he says, if it were not so, I would have told you. Like meaning, I'm not joking here. I'm not fooling around. Right? He tells them that this is serious. If I wouldn't tell you. But in my father's house, this place where Jesus is going, that there's many mansions, many rooms, many dwelling places. And he says this. He says, I go there to prepare a place for you. And when I come back, I will bring you with me to where I am. So Jesus, we know, left this earth 2,000 years ago. 
Here's the thing that I get really excited about when I think about this. Back in 1992, um, Hugh Ross writes in his book, The Creator of the Cosmos, back in 1992, with the COBE's telescope, COBE, C-O-B-E, it, it stands for Cosmic Background Explorer. That telescope, cosmologists, they believe that they pinpointed pretty much the origin of the universe, and it was a Big Bang type thing, but what they realized and what they see is that the universe is still expanding and growing. And they watch it and they compared it to when you open the oven and the heat flies out. It says that's kind of what's going on in the universe. The universe is still whatever this original event was, which we know was God creating the heavens and the earth. And it could be by a big bang. They pinpointed it. They see it. And they all, most cosmologists believe that there, there's no way there is not a creator, not intelligent design behind all this. I want you to think, put that together with what Jesus said, that he's going to prepare a place for us, that the universe is still expanding. That makes, that makes what we're headed towards after death unlimited. It makes, it, it makes the possibilities unlimited. Now, you might hear the excitement and joy in my voice. And if you're new and you're thinking, Bill, you're, you're full of it, or I can't, I can't wrap my head around this, or you're being insensitive, I want my child, I want my loved one, I want that person I love here. This life is all I know. I understand that. I, I taught this, and I believed in this for 20-something years as, as a pastor, as a teacher, in the church, when my son, Liam John Lloyd, when he took his life, all this went out the window. I didn't believe it. It, it didn't bring me any comfort. I, I could barely believe it. I constantly prayed, Lord, I believe, help me on, on my unbelief. So, But I want you to hear, and I wish you could see me smile and hear the, in, in my voice where, where I am, to give you encouragement and hope. Because I was, I was, I was down for the count, and I was not getting up. I was, I was as good as dead. I, I promise you. And heaven and eternal life and everything that I'm talking about now seemed like a foggy, hazy impossibility to me. And yet, God is faithful. So I'm. It'll be three years in May, and I still cry. I cry a, a lot, and I get sad. But the inner witness, God has constantly been reminding me. What do I mean by the inner witness of future glory? Okay, so know that Jesus said he's going to prepare a place. He's coming to get us. We're going to go be where he is, which is, I mean, God is so much bigger and broader. And I, it's, it's, it's unlimited. When I told my brother, well, I, I can't, I just can't believe that, you know, we're going to have this body. It seems like, you know, the people that have been on the other side says it's kind of like this body of light, but it's a body nevertheless. And I was like, I can't imagine that, you know. And my brother said, well, you're made up of mostly carbon and water right now. So how can't you picture a body of light? <laughs> so that, that kind of like clicked for me. But when you look at Jesus when in this context, Okay, where does all this come from for me? 
Where does it come from when I have this inner witness and this belief and this strength and this faith? Where does that come from? It comes from within. It comes from the, the, the still small voice in my mind and heart. Because Jesus went on to say, in that same context, in John 14, he said, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of Truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. The Comforter. God has given us the Comforter, the Advocate, the Counselor. That word, Advocate, Comforter, Counselor, it's all the same. The Spirit of God lives in us. We live in the Spirit of God. We are one with God through the Holy Spirit. Jesus declared that. So if the Holy Spirit lives in us and we live in him, do you not think that he will speak to us in our inmost thoughts? And I've, I'm going to give you examples because I this inner witness saved me. It saved me. One afternoon, I don't know, a couple weeks or so after my son's death, I was... I was I mean, I fell to my knees and I was screaming on the kitchen floor, screaming. I screamed. I didn't want Liam to die. I didn't want him to die, especially by suicide. He was 29 years old. And God spoke to me. I heard it in my mind and heart. This is what I heard. Neither did I, meaning neither die, did I want Liam to die. Neither did I. That's why I gave him eternal life. Now you might say, Bill, that's a fantasy you're making. That's fine. I know that I know that I know that that God was speaking to me, that he was saying that to me. Richard Rohr asks the question, Father Richard Rohr asks the question, why is it that when we hear good and true and beautiful things in our mind that that can't be God? But when we hear condemnation and how lousy we are, that, oh yeah, that's God. That's, that has to be God, right? no. Jesus said that the comfort will be with you and he will be in you. And in my deepest despair, screaming and crying in agony, I heard that. Now, I didn't jump right up and jump up and down for joy and was never sad again. I, it went on for months, but I held on to that. It gave me relief right then. It gave me peace right then. And I had something to come back to, a, 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 a stake in the ground saying God spoke that to me another time I was working out in the gym and I was crying I was good at crying in public I would turn my face to the wall or act like I was wiping sweat with the towel and ball I heard this because Liam and I Liam and I were buddies I mean we did so many things together and we we loved the adventures of Huckleberry Finn and here in South Florida we did so many things adventures and I felt like all that was cut short and that we had so many more ahead of us. And I remember crying and weeping. And I remember hearing as I was crying, you have no idea what I have in store for you too. And I was like, whoa. And I, that, I said, that can't be God. That's, I mean, think of how beautiful that is. And I thought, that, that can't be God speaking that to me. No. And then I thought, yes. It can be. In fact, somewhere in the scripture, it says, I has not seen in, in, in um, 1 Corinthians 
chapter 1 or 2. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard the things God prepared for those who love him. So for God to say to me, you have no idea what I have in store for you two, it's like, all right, you know, at some time in the next age in life, Liam and I are going to have some kind of adventure together. Now, that didn't end it. This was very early on, but it was in my deepest despair. God spoke to me, and I held on to that. And I told my grief counselor about it, and he just smiled and said, oh, yeah, why not? Why not? Are we, I mean, these bodies of light, why not? So the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, the Counselor is in you, will be with you, and the witness of future glory is what encourages us. Another time I was bawling and screaming and crying, and I heard God speak to me. Because I, I felt really guilty. I, I, I had so many regrets of times I didn't love Liam perfectly. At times I let my own pride put a wedge between us. Thank God we were such in such a good place when he passed. I just don't understand that part. But nonetheless, I felt like, man, I screwed this up. Liam screwed this up. This is so awful, so dark. There's no good thing that can come out of this. And I was crying and wailing, and I heard the Lord speak this. This is the inner witness. This is the comforter. This is the one who is with me and in me. I believe it with all my heart. I heard, son, you think that I came light years across the universe, gave up my life, bled and died and rose again so that you all could get your act together to keep bad things from happening. He said, I came and did all that because these things happen, because sin and death happens. And in all these things, when God spoke to me, there was a light bulb, a revelation. And in that moment, that very moment, I knew everything was okay. And yet I had a long walk to go yet. So that's what I believe is the inner witness and that we all have it. There's not one person on the face of the earth that does not have that inner witness of God to hear God's voice for themselves, to hear God speak to them personally. Now, there are very other examples where God just put a scripture in my mind and then explained to me what it meant. One time I was mowing the lawn and I was in deep grief crying and God's put a scripture. Jeremiah chapter 31, where he announces the new covenant, and he starts out by saying, no longer will men say, um, men, fathers eat grapes and their children's teeth are set on edge. That, that phrase is like the apple don't fall far from the tree, or that, you know, can blame all their woes on their parents. Fathers eat grapes and children's teeth are set on edge. That was how he started off. He says, it's, it, they say this, but God says, no, each man basically said, I have a relationship with each person. Each, man is account each person is accountable to me, right? And he goes on to say, they will all know me from the least of them to the greatest. So when I discussed that with my grief counselor, I said, God spoke that to me. And he's like, yeah, God doesn't have grandchildren. Because what I saw was like, I, th I was thinking that even though my son was 29, he came out of the Marines with traumatic brain injury. And so he, so I always saw that God's relationship with Liam was working through me to save Liam, that, that I was Liam's savior. <laughs> In fact, one time John asked me, are you mad? Are you my counselor? Are you mad at God about all this? I said, no, I'm mad at myself. He says, 
that's because you think you're God. See? So God's just put that scripture in my mind and then he kind of elaborated on it for, for a while because I thought about it. God was explaining, showing me what it meant. And then when I talked to my grief counsel about it, it even got more clear. God was Liam's. I mean, Liam's was God's. He belonged to God long before he belonged to me. I adopted Liam when he was nine months, and he spent nine months in the early intervention nursery all by himself, born one and a half pounds, fetal alcohol syndrome, failure to thrive. He was in that nursery. He, he should have died, and he didn't because God kept him alive. So God loved him. God had his hand on him. God was saving him long before I even came into the picture. He belongs to God, and he, as Paul Young says in the shack, gave his life back to God. God also spoke to me through a, a book, loud and clear. Um, Timothy Keller wrote a book called Walking with God Through Pain and Suffering. And there was when he was telling the story of Joseph and the brothers, there was a passage in there, and it said that we must never think that we have ruined God's plan for us or be, be bitter against what he allowed in our lives. And I thought I wrecked it. I thought Liam and I wrecked everything God had. I, I, All the future of our family, all the beauty of our family being together and eating together and laughing together. I thought that was all in ruins. And when I read that, it was another way that God spoke to me personally. Because the inner witness, the Holy Spirit, the comforter, the counsel, the advocate was reading that with me and said, look at this. He will be with you. He will be in you. So what I want you to hold on to is to know that, that God loves you. God loves you. He loves your loved one. And, and remember the passage where to God all people are alive. To God all people are alive right now. We're alive to God. Our loved ones are alive to God. So our loved ones, okay, number one, is that God loves you. God loves us. Despite our failures, despite everything, God loves us. I, I realized during this time of grief that God either loves no one or he loves everybody. If God does not love me, he does not love the guy over there. If he doesn't love the guy over there, he doesn't love me. Either God loves everybody or he loves nobody. If love is unconditional, then he loves everybody. If he loves me and he doesn't love the guy over there, then somehow love is conditional. God is unconditional love. He loves you, and not only does he love you, he mourns with you, he sorrows with you, and he is in you, and God is with you, and God will comfort you, and God will speak to you, and he will encourage you. Pay attention to that inner witness of future glory. This life is not all there is. And if God before us, who can be against us? I will put those scriptures in the show notes. I will put the titles of, of the books that I referenced in the show notes. Thank you for joining. Until next time, know that God's grace is sufficient. His power is made perfect in weakness. And nothing in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Be encouraged. <laughs>